0: Happy Ash Wednesday. It is the first day of the Lent season. And welcome, everybody. I am Chrissy Baki. I am the hippie Christian who cares. And welcome to Wendy and Victoria, a couple new listeners. I know, right? Um, hopefully, they will continue to listen. And I promise to shout out because that's how I bribe people, right? Susie gets it, Paul gets it, Brian, Becca, a lot of Trudy, Leslie, a lot of you get it. Maureen, Phyllis, can't leave you out. Um, Often I don't shout out everybody, but I always shout out my sister Susie. It's just what I do. Anyways, I digress. Got to thinking about Lent and it made me instantly bust a gut and think of Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana. Do you remember when Gilda Radner played that character on Saturday Night Live? And all I could think of was, this is about Lent, L-E-N-T, not Lint, L-I-N-T. And I could hear Roseanne, Roseanne and Dana saying, Why would you want to pick Lint out for 40 days? That's just gross. Anyways, great character, but we're not talking about Lent. We are talking about the season of Lent that starts today on this holiday, on this very Christian holiday called Ash Wednesday. So whether you've got your Ash cross on your head or hand or you've chosen not to or don't think you're going to do it, doesn't matter. Just listen and enjoy as we talk about the season of Lent. If you do not know what Lent is all about or the Lenten season, don't even worry about it. It's not even biblical. It is certainly has lots of biblical references to it, but Lent is actually a season of spiritual preparation before we celebrate Easter in approximately 47 days. And so you say, hey, I thought Lent was 40 days of fasting. It is. What you probably didn't know or maybe you did because you're a thousand times smarter than I am. You don't count the six Sundays in Lent or the actual day of Easter. So that's actually seven Sundays. And so Lent actually is 40 days of fasting. And on those Sundays, those are mini Easters. Kind of interesting and slightly crazy, correct? So during the six weeks, the whole idea is self-examination and reflection. And there a lot of times people give something up. And the very biblical name for that is fasting. You might fast from watching TV or fast from social media or fast from this podcast. Don't do Do it. Okay. That would be bad because we're going to talk a lot about the goodness of God and our Savior Jesus in this Lenten season. So don't miss out on that. That would be bad. But you might want to fast from something sinful like swearing. That might be mine. Just saying. I don't know if you could hear that or not, but I'm just some people swear or a food or a drink. A lot of people fast from sugar or chocolate or caffeine or coffee. Um, My mom never gave up caffeine or coffee for Lent and she was super devout, but my mama loved her coffee. So does my sister Susie. Awesome fun fact about that. One time I made a joke that they ate the coffee grounds. That was a total lie. Cracked me right up. So I decided to make that joke again in this podcast, but sometimes I repeat myself and that's just the way it goes. So Lent is really observing a period of like fasting and also repentance. And while, like I said, it isn't really biblical, there's some super significant things like the significance of 40 days. Um, the Israelites spent 40 years in the wilderness. The temptation of Jesus was 40 days long and that was 40 days of fasting. And right there kind of proves that he's our savior because any human that can last for 40 days without food or water, wowzer, um, and being so tempted, like, Ooh, craziness. And so 40 definitely is significance. You know that the flood, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, Moses also fasted on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Um, So it obviously could be done. Lots of references to 40. There's more than that. Look them up. Part of your Lent homework. The other thing is the whole idea of Ash Wednesday and the start of Lent is the idea of where people would use ashes as a sign of repentance. And I have lost my reference. It is the practice of repentance and also mourning. And Lent does have Kind of a gray cloud over it. Did you like the pause, the dramatic pause? That was mostly because I couldn't get my mouse to work properly and I was fumbling. But it does have kind of this like dark cloud over it because it is, you're preparing, you're fasting. You're repenting, you're sort of mourning something, the whatever it is, maybe that you're giving up, and really pondering the passion of Christ, what Christ did for us. And I really enjoy Lent, as weird as that sounds, because usually I'm not all about a gray cloud or anything, but there is something about preparing your heart for Christ that I do enjoy. And when you do so, you become closer to Christ. And let's be honest, that's real enjoyable. And so I almost always fail at giving something up flawlessly. I often have given completely up. In the Lutheran church, you really don't even have to do it. Lots of Lutherans even take on something like maybe for 40 days I will read my Bible or for 40 days I will, you know, volunteer or I will there's a cool thing and um Wendy, my friend, shared that with me. And I've seen it a couple of times on social media, I think, where during Lent to give up like 40 bags of things you don't need. Maybe it's clothes, maybe it's books, maybe it's plates, maybe it's socks, maybe it's tennis shoes. I like to drag a list. (laughs) I like to drag a list out just about every other episode. You get the point though. The whole idea of do you need this abundance of stuff sadly i was looking around my room and I couldn't even come up with stuff besides books that would make sense and so that's why i started getting silly with socks but i could give up 40 pairs of socks because i have two baskets full of socks i kind of love socks maybe that's what i should give up for lent that would be crazy because you have to wear socks in the winter anywho the whole point is lent probably started Um, I think they think in like after Christ died, maybe 325 years after Christ died. And so uh, notoriously, it is Lutherans and Methodists and Presbyterians and Anglican denominations. Um, Roman Catholics also celebrate it. The Eastern Orthodox Church, um, Greek Orthodox, have a little bit of a different Easter schedule than we do and celebrate it a little bit differently. They don't do Ash Wednesday. Um, They do something called Clean Monday. And then I think they go through Lent for 40 days and then it culminates about a week before um, Greek Orthodox Easter. Their Easter is usually a week after, like Protestants. Easter is. Who cares, right? Very cool. You're still celebrating and preparing for a risen Lord Jesus Christ. And that right there is so exciting. I kind of dig the whole get the ashes on your head thing. I feel like I'm bouncing around a little bit here, but stick with me. It it all comes together and You can piece it all together and make it work. You're smart people, right? So Lent starts on Ash Wednesday. And the whole idea of the ashes comes from mourning and repentance. And I believe like it referenced, and when I say it referenced some of the notes that I took, and one of the articles that I read was from a website that is learnreligions.com and learn what Lent means to Christians. Gain a deeper understanding of the Lenten season. And so it was updated on February 3rd of 2020 and it sort of matched anything I had ever heard about Lent. And if the rest is a lie, so be it. But anytime you are studying Christianity or the Bible or any of that kind of stuff, keep digging. keep looking for answers. Keep mashing it to what God says. Um keep praying about it. That's how we learn. I make mistakes. There's probably a mistake in every single one of these podcasts that I make, but that's how I learn too, and I dig it a whole whole lot. So the whole ash thing, this article referenced a lot of Old Testament, like 2 Samuel, Esther, Job, Daniel, and Matthew in the New Testament. And basically, when somebody was in mourning, they would put on like sackcloth and put ashes on their face just to show an outward sign of what they were feeling on the inside. The other very interesting thing is in the beginning, when God created us in Genesis 2, chapter 2, not 2nd, chapter 2, verse 7. And when I say when he created us, he specifically is creating the first man, Adam. And when he creates Adam, it says in Genesis 2, 7, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Like, interestingly enough, when God was forming everything he simply said and it was let there be light and light let there be water and there was water let there be animals and there was animals that's how it worked and yet when it came to creating a human he uses his hands and he takes the earth that he has already created into existence with his words and he scoops up the dirt and he forms a man. Wow. And then on top of that, he breathes his own breath into these nostrils that he has now created. There was never nostrils before and now he's created nostrils. Well, there were on the animals that he said, but it wasn't like he gave super specifics. He said, let there be animals and poof, there are all these amazing animals because God is so super almighty and awesome. And I need a little drink because all this talk about dust made my mouth dry. And so he breathes into the nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being and so a little while later he creates a woman and the woman comes out of a piece of the man it is a rib of the man and which is awesome too because god links people together quite on purpose but then they sin right both Eve and Adam's sin. Adam's job was to make sure to take care of Eve. Um, and she was to be his helper. And when she wasn't being very helpful, he stood and watched her anyways. And then they're in trouble. And in Genesis 3, 19, he says to Adam, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from since from it you were taken for dust you are and to dust you will return that's what they say at my church when they put the dust or the ashes on your forehead and they do a sign of the cross and it's the significance of our sinfulness. And they put a cross on there because without the cross, our sin is forever there. But with the cross, we are saved. And yet in our sinfulness, we will die because from dust we are and dust we will return. We are sinful humans and Our life on earth will end. But because of the sign of that cross, because of what Christ has done for us on the cross, we get to live forever in heaven. And that's a super exciting thing. Way more exciting than anything else, including my next commercial. I think most Christians that celebrate Lent go into the Lenten season with the rich history of giving something up for Lent. And so lots of denominations will choose that. It isn't like a requirement quite like it was in the Catholic Church. And I say was because I'm not sure if every Catholic Church still practices that. There is some Um, general guidelines of not eating meat on Fridays. And I don't really know the significance of that other than just fasting from sort of something that would be more of a rich food or, you know, a luxury, so to speak. Um, Maybe it is fasting from the shedding of blood or something like that. I'll have to look into that one. That's for sure. But a lot of people don't eat meat on Fridays or may not even eat meat the whole entire 40 days of Lent. Um, I know my Greek Orthodox friend, Bill, didn't eat meat the entire time. And so That might have been his personal choice, though. Don't know that. But Linda always reminds me of Bill, though. Bill lives in heaven now, and he was one of my favorite humans that I have met in my lifetime and had a big impact. And ironically, I now work for the company that him and his two brothers owned, and it's a beautiful thing. But Bill and I used to always compare... And talk about how we were preparing for our Lenten time, um, his being a week off from mine. But um, there was a time where there would be a devotion at our church and then sometimes sort of a cool little like trinket, almost like a keychain or a medallion or something like that that you'd keep in your pocket or whatever like that. And so I always sent it to him and he was just always super appreciative. So. Fun fact about me and Lent and uh, my friend Bill and the fact that I now work at the company that him and his brothers owned and that without Bill, I wouldn't have known George and Michael and Dino and would have never gotten that job. So yay for divine intervention. So giving stuff up for lent people often go into ash wednesday knowing that and they don't necessarily you don't necessarily have to um like it isn't it isn't in the bible that says you have to do this like i said you know maybe your church does it the key is really preparing your hearts for easter And I find when I really reflect during those 40 days of Lent and, quite honestly, 47 days when you include the Sundays, it gives you a total appreciation for Holy Week and for Easter. You have spent the time getting to know who Jesus is, more better, more closely, and really reflecting on his life on earth. And then to experience, you know, the whole holy week of Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, and then Easter. I just find it to be really like rewarding and brings a whole new level of celebrating Easter. That's just me. I'm kind of a geek that way. And so I also find the whole idea of giving something up for Lent cool, just because often for, often for me, it's a situation where I probably should have been given it up given that thing up prior to Lent but somehow the holiness of Lent the attachment to God that Lent has makes me a little bit more serious about it so I have sort of two things that I'm gonna do for Lent one I should have been doing a long time ago anyways And that is, I will be giving up the F word for Lent. I know, who even admits this? Phyllis, I'm sorry. I'm just saying. I don't even know if my pastors are listening. I actually use the F word way too much and way too often. There was a period of time, though, that I did give it up for Lent. And then I stayed fasting from Lent. The f bomb for six years. And then I uttered it out of frustration and felt like in my frustration and anger and stress that it was a gr- good stress relief. Well, come on, there's lots of ways to relieve stress and just swearing like a sailor isn't the one that honors God, right? So get rid of that one. The other one on a much more positive and um, devout Christian is I'm going to work really hard. And I got to be honest, this also became sort of a new year's resolution for me. And one that was a little bit loosey goosey. So I don't know if I actually admitted it in any of our New Year's resolution chit chats, but it is to seek God first. And as geeky as I am about reading the Bible, I couldn't really quite remember where that was in context. I had a feeling that it came from Jesus himself, but I couldn't 100% pinpoint it. So of course I looked it up and it is in chapter 6 of Matthew. And chapter 6 of Matthew is like all kinds of Jesus talk. It is a red letter chapter for sure. And if you say red letter, what is that? Well, often in Bibles, not all of them, but many times in a Bible when it is a word that christ has spoken they will put those letters in red the actual words are written in red not lead maybe lead don't lick your bible because you'll get sick (laughs) oh my gosh this is why i shouldn't do these late at night but (laughs) I would say highlighted in red but highlighted is completely different than when the font is in red so it is red letters and it it is the words that jesus is speaking and this happens to be when um jesus is doing a pretty big sermon and it's starts off with giving to the needy next is about prayer And prayer is specifically where he gives us the Lord's prayer. He actually tells us how to pray, which is why we call it the Lord's prayer, because it was specifically Jesus's words. Like Christ made that prayer up and told us this is exactly how you pray. It's amazing that we pray other things because this is what he says. This is how you should pray. So you should probably pray that one all the time. Kudos to the Catholics for lots of our fathers. Super smart move on that. There is fasting in there, which is interesting. Because we talk about fasting during Lent. There's treasures in heaven. And then there's the whole subject of do not worry. And that starts with chapter, I mean, not chapter, verse 25. So 625 And I tell you all that because it leads up to this seeking God first. And so, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life more than, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them? Are you are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour of to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So there you go, seeking God first, his kingdom and his righteousness. And so his kingdom is the part in the previous verses where Jesus says, that we pray um our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done so your kingdom come is certainly jesus coming back to earth and god restoring earth to live with us and be in his kingdom it is heaven it is heaven and i i think i make that too simple but It isn't the earth that we know. It is when God is present. And so it would be like the beginning of the Garden of Eden. And so we're seeking his kingdom. We're seeking anything that is godly and right and good and praiseworthy and excellent and all of those things. That's in the epistles. And we talked about that one time haven't referenced it yet and i'm not really good at memorizing exactly um the chapter and the verse i know i can find it and i know roughly where it is but i'm terrible at that and so i'm going to seek his kingdom and his righteousness and that is i'm seeking his holiness i'm seeking to emulate christ and to be holy and to have God give me his grace and his mercy because when he does, I am made righteous. I am made holy. So that's where we get the, we are both a sinner and a saint because we are sinful humans and we always will be and will continue to be. But thank God for Jesus Christ on the cross because that's where our grace and our mercy comes from. And when God forgives us, we are made pure and holy and righteous. And then it says, and all these things will be given to you as well. So it doesn't mean that anything you want, like, oh, I'm going to seek God first his kingdom and his righteousness. And then I'm going to get a car and a new house and super fancy clothes and Louis Vuitton shoes, which I wouldn't want to pair of Louis Vuitton shoes for anything. I am the cheapest person when it comes to shoes, with the exception of a running shoe, because that's important when you're running. Anyhow, my point being, what is God going to give us? Well, he told us, don't worry about what you will eat or drink. Don't worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. So don't worry about these things that you need in life, because God's going to take care of those for you. And it doesn't mean that he's not going to allow you to have enough money to buy Louis Vuitton shoes. Some people will earn that amount of money and will be able to buy them and can give glory to God for that. But he also is saying, he's going to take care of you. And again, go back up to the prayer. And it says, um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then give us today our daily bread. Give us what we need. And when we are seeking his kingdom come and his will to be done and seeking that kingdom and righteousness, we can ask for our daily bread. We can ask for the things that we need. So I think that almost as a mantra To seek God first is a good thing to do for 40 days and beyond. I don't get to tell you how to celebrate or observe probably would be the correct term. Because in the Lutheran church, you get rid of all the hallelujahs and the hallelujahs and any kind of celebratory hymn or you know, canticle or whatever they call all of the liturgy, because you are in this period of sackcloth and ashes and mourning and repentance. And so I don't get to tell you how to go through your Lent preparation. I just encourage you to do it. I just encourage you to prepare 40 days before we celebrate this amazing holiday called Easter that always is a close second to Christmas in most people's book, but should be the holiday of the year. It should be like Christmas, only better because, yep, at Christmas we celebrate the birth of Christ, but without the death and resurrection of Christ, we're lost. We're still sinful. And through Christ paying the debt of Adam and Eve, and then all of us, because we became sinful at birth because of that sin. Now, we have something truly to celebrate at Easter, and it's phenomenal. So, curious what you're giving up or adding, or if you're just going to go through Lent in preparation. Lots of churches have Wednesday um, Lent services. I imagine there's lots of Lent services online. There's probably Lent podcasts. Oh, like mine. How about listening to my Lent podcast for Lent? Wouldn't that be awesome? I'll try to make it inspiring, because you definitely inspire me. Lent is pretty personal, so what you do is totally up to you, and you don't have to share it with anyone. I only share about my F-bombs and my desire to seek God first and His kingdom and righteousness only in hopes that you'll hold me to it and that I will continue to share how I have managed it or failed, and it's probably going to be failed more than succeeded. But again, the exact reason why we prepare for the coming of a Christ who would take it all on a cross and die, go to hell, pay our debt, Pay our sinfulness, pay the price, which is death, and then raise again so that when we return to dust, we will also raise with Jesus Christ. I have a hilarious story about my sister in Ash Wednesday, but I'm pretty sure she would kick my ash if I told it. So if you ever see her, just say, hey, Susie, tell me a funny story about Ash Wednesday, Love you all so much. Have a great day. Bye.